Our scripture reading for today is from Genesis 22, 1 through 14. Let us listen for God's word for us today. After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son, Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father Abraham, Father, and he said, Here I am. He said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. The two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we continue to follow the narrative of Abraham in this summer's sermon series, we will find that today's story lives up to the series title, Anything But Ordinary. The story begins with Abraham responding, here I am, to God's call to sacrifice Isaac, his beloved son, and promise. One could not begin to imagine the sorrow Abraham felt on the long journey to the land of Moriah, or the agony that welled up inside of him on the third day when he could see the mountaintop far off in the distance. When imagining that heart-wrenching scene, we wonder, how was Abraham able to comply with God's command? 
it can only be explained by one word, faith. This faith is not a newfound faith. We have seen Abraham's faith in God throughout the whole of his narrative thus far. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. By faith, when, he, when God told him he would have an heir, he believed the Lord and credited it to him as righteousness. Through all of these things, Abraham has seen God as the God of blessing and promise and has lived with God long enough to know that when God gives a promise, he follows through. God told Abraham that through his son Isaac, all nations of the earth shall be blessed. Isaac is necessary for the fulfillment of this promise. Yet, as Abraham stood at the foot of that mountain, did he begin to doubt? In verse 5, Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. We will come back to you. Well, the writer of Hebrews can shed some light on Abraham's unwavering faith in chapter 11, verses 17 through 19, where it is written, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through your Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God would even raise the dead. And so in a matter of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Abraham became a model for the early Christian church that struggled with fidelity in the face of persecution and affliction. He had never, as we have had, the experience or the evidence of anyone having risen from the dead. He knew nothing of Easter, nor Lazarus, nor any of the miracles as recorded in the Gospels. Yet, so firm is Abraham's faith in the character of God that he comes to a realization of the resurrection. It is by faith faith alone that Abraham risked everything he loved most upon the character of God and found him to be a God of resurrection, a God of life. Over the past several months, our country has been rocked to its very core. The scenes of global pandemic, social injustices, and civil disobedience have erupted right before our very eyes. One only needs to step right outside your own front door to see it. As I've watched this unfold, I've begun to question, 
Is God using these times that we find ourselves in to test us? These past few months spent in self-isolation have been difficult. It has had a deep impact on our lives and affected us on so many levels. For some, it has had a financial impact. For others, an emotional impact. And yes, many, very many who have struggled through these crises have been impacted spiritually. One might liken our current situation to a roller coaster ride at an amusement park, only minus the amusement. As I began thinking about today's story and the times we find ourselves in, I was prompted to think about my Isaacs, those things that I have loved so dearly. Some of our Isaacs are quite often good things. They might even be blessings, like friends, family, or perhaps a good job that provides for our family. And then, well, then there are those other Isaacs that aren't so good. The point is, good or bad, sometimes we can hold tight to the Isaacs so tightly that our hands are full or even worse, clenched when God is reaching his hand out to us. It may be that our eyes are so fixed on our Isaacs that we can't see that God is calling us to a different place for our lives. When our eyes become distracted by our Isaacs, we will miss the revealing of God's will for us. We cannot answer, here I am, Lord, when we cannot hear God call our name because our ears are so full of noise that we create from our Isaacs. Is God calling you? You may sense that God is calling you to a new job or vocation. Others may feel God is asking them to start a ministry or movement that encourages loving our neighbor as ourselves. There are even those who are called away from something that God had originally called them to. There was a little boy who at the age of three announced to his family he was going to be an artist. At the young age of 16, he heard God's call to the ministry, but he wasn't about to give up his art and studied at the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. For several years, he rebelled and finally he left the church. Some years later, he met and married a pretty little preacher's daughter. And two years after that, they had their only child, a beloved son. This young father heard the call and yielded to God during an evangelistic service. He set aside his art and prepared to enter the ministry. He became a thriving, traveling evangelist. But after some time, he was called back home as his son was becoming a little rebellious in his youth. The son needed a father, so he canceled four years of preaching engagements and took a pastorate so he could focus on his family. This man was known as a man of prayer, a prayer warrior, in fact. 
he had prayed that his beloved son would grow to become a man who followed the Lord's lead in every area of life. You might be wondering who this man was who God called to be an evangelist, but then called back home to be a family man. Well, let me tell you who his son is. Dr. James Dobson Jr., American Christian author, psychologist, and founder of Focus on the Family. God gave James Sr. back his art by sending him to teach art and history at Mid-America Nazarene College right here in Olathe, Kansas, where the Fine Arts Building was named in his memory. While God calls individuals, he also calls us as a whole, the church, the body of Christ. Is God calling us? Is God calling heritage? During these last few months, we have had to navigate a new normal and it has been hard. Online committee meetings, online prayer meetings, online Bible studies, online Sunday school, online worship, and even online fellowship. How could we have ever imagined the times we would be living in right now? Recently, I was a part of a discussion where real heartache was named. Before this pandemic, our little church in the south corner of Olathe was filled with excitement and momentum for new and promising things on the horizon. The Spirit of God was really moving in this place. Well, friends, I am here to tell you, he still is. Sometimes we just get so caught up in the noise and distractions that we don't see it. So God gives us pause so we can see his movement. We have to ask ourselves, do we choose our plan for the church or God's call for the furthering of his kingdom? There will be times in our own personal lives and in our lives together that we will be asked by God to choose between what we desire and a new world that God is calling us into. Sometimes that choice will be obvious and other times the choice will hang over us with feelings of fear, doubt, sadness, or even unworthiness. But when we hold tightly to these feelings and don't live with confidence in God's presence, then they too run the risk of becoming Isaacs. Jim Rice is leading our adult Sunday school class in a study by Carol Cartmill and Yvonne Gentile that has us embark on a journey to discover our individual spiritual gifts. One of these gifts is the gift of faith. I would like to read to you how the authors define for the purpose of the study, the gift of faith. They say, the divine ability to recognize what God wants done and to act when others fall back in doubt. Although as Christians, we are called to have faith, people with the spiritual gift of faith receive it in extraordinary measure. 
Even in the face of barriers that overwhelm others, people with this gift simply have confidence that God will see God's will done. Believing deeply in the power of prayer, they also know that God is both present and active in their lives. People with this gift by their works and by their words show others that God is faithful to God's promises. Well, I think by their definition, it is safe to say that for those among us that might have discovered through our assessment that we have been given the gift of faith, it could not even come close to comparing to the unwavering faith of Father Abraham. Abraham was one of the ancients that the writer of Hebrews acknowledged when saying in chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. When Abraham was at the foot of that mountain, he didn't know what would happen when he reached the top, but he had confidence in his God that is faith. As we can see by the story of Abraham and Isaac, what God wills is life. The story is about a human's sacrifice rather than human sacrifice. What God wants from Abraham is not Isaac's death, but Abraham's heart. When Abraham surrenders his most precious gift, the one he loved most, his Isaac, the Lord provides the necessary substitute. How can we rest in this promise for our broken lives? Well, on Mount Moriah, we see what a man would do for the love of God. But on Mount Calvary, we see what God would do for the love of man. Just like God provided a substitute for Isaac generations before, our loving God provided a substitute for us. Again and again, God will lead us up Mount Moriah and ask us to plunge the knife into our Isaacs, those things which we love so much that risk becoming idols, that stop us from seeing or hearing God's call for our lives. All he wants is our hearts to live by faith in his son, our savior, Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us. Friends, God chooses life. Do you trust his will for your life? Will you hear him when he is calling you? It is my prayer today that we all hear that call and we respond, here I am, Lord. Rhonda uh, spoke to us a really powerful invitation. Um, it is one uh, that has hit me uh, just at my core and uh, my hunches it probably um, did the same for you. Um, that invitation to really pay attention to the Isaacs in our life. Um, those things, uh, good, bad, or otherwise, right, that we cling to, that we hold really tightly to. And 
to step into one of the gifts of this season uh, that doesn't always feel like a gift, right? Um, but one of the gifts of the season, which is to really stop um, and examine things um, and to pay attention um, and to listen, right? To clear out all of the noise, um, all of our focus and attention on those Isaacs, right? To really listen uh, to the invitation and the call of our Lord um, upon us. Um, and to be willing to risk it, right? Be willing to risk the here I am. Be willing to let go of the things that we hold so near and dear to our hearts. Be willing um, to turn um, to turn uh, from our own will, um, our own vision um, for our lives, for our church, for our communities, for our world, right? Um, and instead just really focus in on and trust um, the call and the vision of our Lord. So just invite you um, in this time of offering uh, to, to, to just think for yourself, what does it mean to say those words, here I am, you know? To think for yourselves, what are those Isaacs um, and how is God calling me to release um, and to respond to God's call um, and to faithfully follow where God is leading um, in this moment? Um, there may be Isaacs you let go of that God just hands right back to you, much like he did for Abraham. And there may be Isaacs you let go of um, and that God leads you on to something else, right? But um, spend time. We don't give you much time here, right? So you get like 30 seconds. But this is the invitation for the week, right? Spend time thinking about those Isaacs. Spend time thinking about the ways God may be asking you to let them go, hold them loosely, right? Spend time thinking about what does it look like for you? Just say those three simple, risky, powerful words here.